Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Across the globe, there's been much debate about the shift in the design of offices, especially what that could look like in a post-COVID world. According to our next guest, the rise of internationally embraced concepts like co-working, activity-based working, and open plan offices and the use of data has created to what's being referred to in some circles as workspaces Uber moment. So how can we bridge the gap between humans, the expectations of us at work, technology, workplace experience, convenience, and what's interpreted as employee decentric requirements? And to what extent can office design keep workers from wanting to just leave their jobs up and leave? Today we speak to Shobit Chubay, Head of Experience Consulting Asia Pacific CBRE. Shobit, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Michelle. It's so nice to be in the show. Thank you so much for having me. Full disclosure, Shobit was on a panel that I had the pleasure of moderating and I was absolutely taken away by the way he expressed some concepts and the work that he's been doing in this space. So I had to have him on the show, Shobit. Thanks for saying yes. What are some of the most (laughs) significant ways, in your opinion, that the pandemic has brought changes to the way we work? That's a great question, Michelle, and something that I have been passionate about for the last 16, 17 years. Actually, pandemic has changed you know, many things about our workplace and the way we look at work. You know, before pandemic, the natural tendency for most knowledge workers and workers in general in Singapore and across the globe was to be in the office, so, you know, have your team sit alongside you to create value for the companies that you belong to. But the pandemic actually gave uh, an interesting opportunity for all organizations, especially employees, to really dabble into flexibility a lot more. Although it was forced, but a lot of people really liked the fact that they were able to balance work and life according to their choices. So location no longer became an important parameter. It still is important, but the only parameter that drove productivity in organizations. And that has compelled, you know, office designers, you know, companies who uh, look after workplaces and experience in general to look at workplace in a very different light. And in a nutshell, if I say that now workplaces become a tool to attract and retain talent, but more importantly, a workplace and its purpose has changed dramatically. So if I wake up in the morning, I need to decide whether I go to work or I work from home. You know, I don't want to be on Zoom or Teams calls throughout the day when I'm in the workplace. Workplace is an engine for collaboration and people to come together. And that has been the most sort of dramatic change in the way we look at work and workplace in general. So there was a lot of debate during COVID. I remember people thinking, will we still need office space at all? From what you're seeing, will hybrid work have to become a permanent part of work culture? And how is that impacting workspace presently? Actually, I think offices are here. We still, as human beings, crave you know human connection. We love the fact that when we go to the office, we spend time with our colleagues and the subtle sort of you know messages that we get being around people is something that really helps people to remain motivated. But the clearing trend that we've also seen is that in Singapore, especially the sweet spot with many knowledge workers is around three, three and a half days in the workplace. So Mondays and Fridays, People may not be in the office, but Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays, people tend to be in the office. And obviously, that is very personal to everybody, and that's very 
different for different businesses and different teams. Mm -hmm. But hybrid workplace is definitely here to stay. Mm -hmm. People are longing to be back in the office, but organizations that have mandated that everybody who has to be back five days a week, I don't think that has gone down very well with the employees. Employees Mm -hmm. now want choice more than ever before, but that's primarily true for knowledge working economies. I'm not talking about industrial and medical and healthcare stuff. Obviously, they have to be back in the workplace as before. Yeah, we need choice. We want to be able to choose. In fact, is hyper-personalization at all something that office space creators are looking at? Yes, especially landlords. You know, now they are in a conundrum, so to speak, that, you know, how do we make sure that the office building remains relevant. And we're living in the age, of, you know, very good term that, you know, I use a lot with the work that we do is hyper-personalization. So I imagine, you know, our life is more and more becoming like an app. You know, you pick mm. and choose the experiences like, you know, what you want. So, you know, you have WhatsApp that helps you communicate with colleagues and friends. You have, you know, food apps that help you to order what you want. It's similarly, office experience which is very static because it's physical in nature could be very good for somebody but could not be very good or you know appropriate for others so hyper personalization in the workplace is a trend that we're seeing post pandemic where landlords and organizations are designing experiences and spaces that allow employees to pick and choose first of all when and how they would want to work and also what services that they want and amenities that they would want to avail in, in the workplace wow. and that is a quite a fantastic trend. And that has been aided because of technology. Now, you know, a lot of workplace and building apps have surfaced and, and they offer a lot of choices at the palm of your hand. Can you tell us a little bit about some of these apps that are being created? What exactly we mean by hyper-personalization of experience? I mean, you know, some office owners or bosses may think you come to the office and you work. That's your experience. If you're having any other sort of experience, you're not working. So what do we mean by a variety of experiences at work and how offices are customizing to those different needs? Yes. So basically, hyper-personalization of the office means that you can pick and choose which spaces that you would want to work for that particular day. You know, for example, if on, you know, Mondays I have a lot of meetings and I want to be assured that when I go to the office, then I can book a space. And that has always been the norm. But even who I work with on that particular day. So I, technology has now enabled and apps have enabled that you can see or at least know who is going to be in the office. So you can pick and choose the teams and the location in the office based on the community that is going to be there on that particular day. Then similarly, the technology has also allowed people to pick and choose which services and amenities they would want to use in that particular office. So for example, you may go to the standard cafe that is available in your building or in your workplace. But now, because when we were working from home in the pandemic, we were sort of also having a lot of choice working and eating at home, but also you were ordering through you know various apps. So now employees do expect the same experience when they go to the office. So the apps that are now designed to make sure that you can pick and choose the kind of cuisine and the food that you would want. Uh, secondly, and at a broader context, we see that you know people are now also deciding which location they would want to work at. Mm-hmm. A lot of co-working firms have started to do really well because organizations have partnered with co-working firms to allow flexible spaces in a part of their portfolio. So you can choose to work in your headquarter on certain days, but if you don't want to travel to your own office, then you Mm. can actually go to the nearest co-working space, be productive for four to five hours, and then go back home. So these are some of the choices which are purely 
driven through technology and flexibility in the portfolio and that is really driving a lot of you know satisfaction when it comes to employees in this case that's really interesting so in essence is the very definition of what is considered grade a office space changing in any way i mean are there different cultural expectations perhaps of what grade a space should constitute yes actually so singapore has always been fairly advanced in terms of offering the latest amenities and technologies in grade a offices but the recent trends that we have observed is that there is a greater spend towards technology and making the building experience come to you than just waiting for the employees and tenants to show up in the building and experience the services so by that what i mean is that now some landlords in singapore and across the region are offering you know health and wellbeing services through their apps so employees who are a part of that building ecosystem or you know building tenancy can experience a lot more than just the space that they access so health and wellbeing services are being offered by landlords secondly you know flexible spaces so organizations are deciding that if they uh, you know have a certain floor and they are you know expanding for you know for example three to four months mm-hmm. they may not need like a really long lease they may end up taking some flexible seats in the co-working space in the building so that is another you know key feature of grade a building to have flexible spaces either in the building or around that so that definitely is a trend third thing that we have seen quite glaringly coming out post pandemic is that you know landlords especially in grade a buildings are really focusing on hospitality services and focusing on experience because they want invest to want to be back in the buildings so mm. they are investing in talent that is coming from hospitality you know tourism you know marketing rather than just the traditional real estate careers so that they can bring the element of hospitality and hotelification of you know buildings into their operations and that also is a is a huge trend in Singapore and in the region what's being invested in in terms of the thinking and the design to keep workers happy and to keep them from leaving yeah actually that's a question that is you know very good one of the things that i'm sure that we all have read a lot and also i've experienced in my you know community is that the pandemic has also had a bit of sort of health and mental well-being impact on people for a variety of reasons you know people were worried about their jobs people were you know craving the human connection and people were also not sure how to make the best out of the situation so companies are investing uh, more and more on health and well-being advisory and services that allows people to sort of first of all be very focused but also be happy in the workplace to avoid you know a large pool of people leaving the organization secondly there is a greater investment towards technology to offer choice as you said to employees to how and when they want to work and the service that they want to avail and then the third thing that i've seen is that there is a greater tolerance to flexibility so people are you know now allowed to choose how they want to go about their day and if that choice is no longer in existence then nowadays in singapore people can choose to you know change employment because if they are not being you know given the flexibility to work you know in the office two two or three days a week and for the rest of the week they can work from home so this is where organizations are investing money in to attract and retain talent and especially i'm quite concerned about the health and mental well-being of employees i think is definitely improving 
but that's where a lot of organizations are spending time and resources to ensure that they support their employees in the best possible way. Shobit, tell us, what are you seeing in terms of the possibilities of work and the intersection of work and the metaverse? Oh, that is such an interesting topic. And actually, it invokes a lot of debate online on the social media and generally when we talk to people. Metaverse is a complicated topic that is evolving a lot as we speak. So imagine as if we were in the early 90s when the internet was just being born. So Metaverse, I believe, is in that sort of space right now. So there is a lot of noise, but there is also a lot of value to be created from this. Now, we talked about like the need for choice for employees and how technology can basically facilitate that going forward. Right. Now, the new generation, you know, I'm talking about the, you know, Generation Z and then, you know, really young folks who are, you know, about to enter colleges and then eventually the workforce are a lot more comfortable in environments that are, you know, gaming-like. So they are very used to immersive experiences through gaming or through the way they interact and collaborate with their friends and family. So that has triggered a newfound demand in the metaverse to create tools that will allow people to work as well in the virtual environment. You know, Facebook or Meta, as they, they call themselves, have invested heavily in creating platforms that allow workers to come together in the metaverse. Now, again, it does invoke debate and it's purely based on personal preferences, whether that's something you would want to indulge in. But certainly they are catering to the young audience who is used to this. So metaverse uh, companies such as, you know, Meta or Facebook Mm -hmm. or HTC or other such companies have started to explore investing in tools that allow people to collaborate in an environment when they are not going to be in the office. Can they you know, use the metaverse to still have office-like experience, but while they're working at home. Also puts up really interesting investing opportunities. So you may have heard that in the last year, the investments into virtual lands in the metaverse have grown by about 700-odd percent. And by some estimates, this itself is going to be a trillion-dollar business. Again, you know, I'm not sure whether I am the expert in the value of these investments, but certainly the numbers show that there is a lot of interest both by the landlords as well as the occupier, the enterprise you know, companies to explore how this would help them, whether there is investing opportunities for retail as well as you know enterprise companies. And more importantly, how can this shape up the future of how we work mm. and how we you know, transact in going forward? How can virtual space create actual value for occupiers or for developers? So the virtual space, again, needs to develop a lot to be able to really be a very viable alternate to the physical work environment. I don't think we will ever have, this is just my view, that we will ever have a situation where the physical workplace completely goes away. But now the teams that do end up working together are very global so mm-hmm. or regional. So you have, for example, 20, 25 people coming together from anywhere in the world to yep. collaborate and add value and bring value to the organization. And that's where the metaverse can, you know, create tools for or companies investing or operating in the metaverse can create tools for, you know, for employees and teams to feel as if they are together, even while they are, you know, uh, away from each other, thousands of miles away from each other. You know, one of the biggest challenges that we felt during the pandemic is that you can't bump into somebody and have a conversation. A lot of interesting innovation was created because of that. 
and metaverse will allow some of these opportunities to happen virtually which means that companies would be able to save proportionally some money in real estate investments but also from a landlord perspective they're looking at this as an opportunity to diversify what they offer their tenants so not only offer you know the physical space but also virtual real estate again this is a very controversial very debatable topic but what i'm excited about is that this is opening up new possibilities for both employees and organizations as well as landlords and companies who are open about it and mm-hmm. invest in research mm-hmm. in this will perhaps come out top in the near to medium future. Fascinating. Uh, tell us, what are companies like yours investing in to position for the future of work? So we are actually heavily focused towards creating services that amounts to a wide variety of different clients. So what we see is that in the long run, you know, technology will play a part in supporting both employees and landlords in the way they offer services as well as employees how they use the workplace first of all we are investing quite heavily in different types of technologies and we have our own employee experience app we have our own investments towards co-working spaces that allows us to offer a wide spectrum of services that our clients can then tap into when they need that support secondly that we're actually also making a paradigm shift in how we look at real estate in general mm. and although we know that the traditional sort of real estate services will remain relevant in the long run but the nature of those services and the talent that we bring to offer those services is changing dramatically i'll give you a simple example okay. you know facilities management for example which is one of our part of our businesses usually you would have facilities management these are people who look after your workplaces and make sure that it's clean and safe and secure now because of a greater focus towards experience in hospitality we are bringing talent from hotels and hospitality industry to be a lot more customer centric in the way they approach the sort of service delivery model so this is one sort of minimum example small example of how we are changing how we service our clients mm-hmm. and investing in talent in a different way and obviously technology and you know different companies we are also investing in so that we can offer a wide spectrum of services to offer choices for our clients well really fascinating thank you so much for sharing with us you know your experiences and insights into this whole area of the office of the future shobit chube is head of experience consulting asia pacific cbre thank you shobit thank you so much michelle and have a great day you too before acting on the information on money fm please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app that's a w e d i o available on google play or the app store